right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Acts of Pod. Today, it's me, Gina, and Anne. Hello. Hey, Anne. Hi. Cezanne cannot join us. She is very, very sick. Um, of you? Yeah, <laughs> I was... <laughs> she is tired of reading all of the, you know, trash you're talking on our Facebook page. All of the tweets. She is sick of it. And she had to take a day off from it. So I hope you're proud of yourselves. Um, but anyway, so it's just Ann and I. And um, what I promised to explain was that this topic today is one of my favorites. Uh, I was, I've definitely been pushing it for quite a while. It's a, it's a passion project. And I think it's something only a younger sibling could love with the relish that I do. (laughs) Um, Because it's uh, about the Dirty Tricks campaign that was uh, run out of the money from the creep account, which is a real thing yeah. for the reelection campaign funds of Nixon. And, uh, so anyway, I did a little research and I'm presenting it to Anne who, um, I, I did a little bit of research, but this was really kind of my, you know, I called my brother for some talking point. I, I, I kind of panicked. I was like, I don't, I don't know. I I don't know. I don't know. I saw Bush's brain, but I don't. I don't remember. God. Like. <laughs> <laughs> oh so, um, uh, despite all of that, I uh, I just it's so petty and fantastic. I it's underhanded and. I mean, it's just so endlessly fascinating to me, um, and why I've—it's even crossed my mind to begin with—is that they just recently um, uncovered all of these unsealed documents yeah. from the FBI. I did. I did get to that site. Yeah, and what was funny is because all this time people had been denying these reports, you know? So even though there were like democratic campaigns that said, we know you did this and they just denied to the very end. And so all these unsealed documents that were just like, uh, this is exactly what happened. Yeah. Roger Stone. Check. 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 And so, (laughs) yeah, I mean, when you, and when I get to lay out how how very petty LaBelle it all got. Uh, <laughs> Wait, what? I, oh, that's... <laughs> I was like, did I hear that right? That's right. It's when you're so petty. <laughs> no, I love it. Because, yeah. I mean, often I mistake what... I mistake lyrics and songs. So it's it would be normal to think I maybe mistook what you said, but that I did not. No, you... No, 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 no. You you were picking up what I was laying For down. Once in my life. <laughs> I know. I it is rare. So, um anyway, I'll just uh go ahead and what Anne's favorite take on history, which is just to give a linear point A to point B. <laughs> 
I really am good at staying on track. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, you know, history is a straight line, as we all know. I, I, I know. I'm. Let's follow. And you know what? I'll just jump in with... I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to jump in with. No, and there's no pressure here. Okay. I, you're... It's it's a success only journey as far as I'm concerned. Okay, cool, cool. All right. So um, the thing of it is, is that with this episode, it's not about Watergate. It's not a. It's not even really about Richard Nixon or the scandal. It's very specifically about a very small portion of people that were in. It was called creep. But it was the the Nixon Nixon's committee to reelect the president creep. That's right. I'm all creep. So yeah, I know. I thought about that a lot. Yeah, I um, thought about that a lot. Yeah. Um. So this out of, out of this committee that they were using funds from the campaign to finance all of these devious acts. And, uh, well, you know, they called it the committee, the Democrats called it creep. And I think, you know, a Batman villain, like esque organization, like Hydra is just what you like. That's just perfectly describes. Yeah. Because like all of the, like, especially Roger Stone, Mm -hmm. who was born out of this, is very much like a, a Batman villain, like you know the penguin with his long cigarette and his, you know. Yeah, I do. I do have a comment about just where we are setting it yeah. up. Please. I, I <laughs> about an hour before we started, I discovered there's a Netflix documentary about Roger Stone. <laughs> So I did see, I just kind of jumped around, but I did see, like, and I was like, oh, this is a good summary of what we're talking about, because (laughs) Gina's shaking her head, like, this is the most obvious thing ever. Um, The transition from, like, the good, good guy, Republican Eisenhower, war hero, to we are going... The, to the dirty trick, at all costs, the rise of the super PAC, dirty money or dark money, all that stuff, right? Oh, yeah. That that's what oh, that is the transition we're talking about, and that and that that's oh, yeah. happening through today, correct? I mean, and it's beautiful. Okay, <laughs> I'm so glad I watched that random <laughs> clip from that movie. I mean, documentary. Right. And and the thing of it is, is that I didn't want to get too bogged down in the particulars of, you know, because there are very famous characters um, of Watergate that actually like were jailed. And that like that could be a totally different episode. Uh, But I wanted to focus on the techniques. Yes. Okay. That that were used because and it's not only because this there were uh, people that participated. Like Roger Stone was, I think he was only nineteen. Like he was a kid. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, earlier when I was looking, I was like, I went to his Wikipedia. We had been talking earlier, and you were like, Roger Stone, blah, blah, blah. And I went to his Wikipedia page, and I was like, oh, he was born in 1952. Gina doesn't, what? He didn't work in Nixon. He's too young. And then I went to his Wikipedia, and I was like, whoa, wait. He, no, Gina is not mistaken. (laughs) I mean, I'm glad that. I was validated by a <laughs> well. I just couldn't public be- education source. I, yeah, I just couldn't believe that someone born in 1952 was that high up and already like spinning, like spinning the gears of the machine. Well, that's the thing. He was he was kind of a wonder kid, you know. He had started really, really young. Um, he attached himself to like conservative ideals, and he was. Like, he was still in high school when he was starting to work on people's campaigns. So, oh. um, yeah, the he just had a knack for it, and he would work out of, like, New York and Connecticut mostly. But, uh, yeah, so he – and that's the other thing is that he, unlike a lot of other people who would try to distance themselves from the unsightliness of something like Watergate, he, he used it as – like street cred almost. Oh, right. Like, yeah. And it's sort of. Uh, and he kept being but, consulted. Right. To this day, but, right? And so Roger Stone was actually, like I said, because he was like maybe 19 at the time, he was sort of low ranking in the scale. Uh, but so this committee or creep, they <laughs> was really run by uh Donald Segretti, and he was hired by uh, Herb Kalmbach, who was Nixon's lawyer. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, that was paid through the reelection funds, which is like, so that is the part that mm-hmm. was what ca- got everybody caught was that. They used these campaign funds to fund illegal and unethical activity. Again, so it was Donald Segretti was the one that led the Dirty Tricks staff. Um, He was hired on by Herb Kalmbach, who was Nixon's lawyer. The reason it was, I mean... These were sort of petty crimes, but the reason that it attracted notice and became impeachable is because they were using the re-election funds to pay off legal fees for the Watergate burglars and all these other schemes that they got up to. Um, Now, what I think that you might find familiar as well is that Herb Combat (laughs) knew Donald Segretti because they were frat brothers Mm. at UC. And in fact, a lot of people uh, in that circle came out of the same fraternity. Okay. Which is kind of like the Supreme Court right now with the whole Kavanaugh, and they just all happen to go to the same prep schools. Right, right. It's, it's, well, you know, (laughs) odd. Uh, I won't. Get, it's just, I, I, there's so much I could say right now. It's like what people say about like the good old boy system in the South. That's just not in the South. It's called 
affiliated white men in power who are going to just be in power and be like, yeah, we're awesome. Some play rec- some play lacrosse, some like football on Friday nights or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, some are golfers. <laughs> well, I'm thinking of like, you know, more like like Ivy League like um the row team. Sure. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I I mean, I there's so many groups of men I could think of. Like there are Ivy League, there are people who hunt duck and pheasant, <laughs> there are other groups of men that play golf or there are other groups of men that like baseball but and it's some that like part football. Of an, it's, but it's this elite club of like being from money and power and family and yada yada. Right. And the it's just something to look out for is that if you see an administration or something, if you s- happen to see that everybody in the administration knows each other because they all... <laughs> Come from the same elite school system, right? You know, yeah. maybe just, maybe just, right. Make sure that everything's on the up and up. All right. So the okay, yeah. Committee for the reelection of the president was a fundraising organization um, for the 1972 reelection campaign. All right. So um, the dirt. The dirty tricks, what they called it at the time, was rat fucking. Can you spell that first word? R A T. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. And who would be the rat in that? Like who? You know what I mean? Like I, I, I don't think it's a. About somebody having sex with a rat. No, I, I know. Like, <laughs> what does it mean, though? What it what I think it means is when it's like trolling, where it's just continuously eating away at somebody until their will breaks. Okay. So it's it's nothing big enough that will draw attention to what you're doing. Okay. And get you caught. It's like enough to give you plausible deniability. Okay. Here, I'll give you an example. Um, so, Nixon at the time, he thought that his, um, the person that he thought was going to run against him as a Democrat, now this is, they had not even been primaried yet, so he had no idea this was just, was Senator Edmund Muskie for Maine. Okay. So he was just a really strong uh, Democratic... Like, potential candidate. Right, right, right. So they forged a letter from him uh-huh. saying that um, he didn't like French Canadians. <laughs> and uh, he said... Blue a lot does. Of- I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just wow. kidding. I'm totally kidding. I'm just. You're not afraid of telling the telling it like it no, is. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. totally kidding. It's just like there was a. But funny the thing of it was is that as as somebody representing Maine, who's on the a you point. know. Now and but this is what's so genius about it because that's not that's not where they stopped. 
Um, they also forged fake letters on his letterhead that stated another Democratic senator, Henry Jackson, had had an illegitimate child with a 17-year-old. Oh. And they accused uh, Hubert Humphrey of sexual misconduct. So somebody had gotten his stationery and just forged these letters. But what the effect of it was is that um, Edward Muskie kept having to prove something in the negative. He kept having to deny things. Right. Yeah, no, so, yeah, that's a great strategy on behalf of the the evildoers. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing is that it even though there wasn't any truth to it, just the smoke that it created yeah. damaged his credibility. And the overall effect that this had on him and his wife is that he withdrew. Like, from the primary. He didn't end up running. That's crazy. And it was only, in some cases, 40 years later, but certainly, like, when the Watergate trial happened, that they, you know, it was found out that, you know, all of this had been orchestrated. Because there's a part of you that thinks that, like, you're going crazy. And, like, how is this happening? Because you don't assume somebody would deliberately do something like that. But what I think it's so important looking back at these tactics is that there are there are people that are still using them now. Right. And they it's trolling. Right. And they they use these very false, obviously false narratives. But if you say it long enough, I mean, yeah, I, I have a story about that. Where I didn't go to the level they did, but like... Oh, wait. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Are you saying that you ran your own dirty trick campaign in? I was... I might have even... I think I was like in college. Maybe I was out of college. I don't know. But they had their... <laughs> Maybe I was 35. <laughs> <laughs> they had their email open and I got on and sent an email as them... <laughs> To my brother being like <laughs> no it was bad it was bad and then, and then I went to bed and like all this shit went down while I was sleeping the next morning wait wait what did what did the letter say <laughs> the man? email said it was like hey um now that you're uh you know making making money maybe you and buying TVs and new guitars. You could give some money to your poor peasant sister. And like <laughs> and like and apparently like my brother called and was like, "What? I'm not buying a bunch of guitars." I he like defending himself like, "I bought a used guitar, blah blah blah." <sighs> and like and they all they were like there was all this drama. Like, meanwhile, I was like sleeping in because I was probably, I think I was home on like home one week during the summer. Like, <laughs> so wait, now you're saying that you were very much an adult. <laughs> well, I was in when my, I was in my twenties. My frontal lobe had not fully formed. You're, you're going to go with that. Yeah. It was, I mean, <laughs> it was funny. It was bad. But that it was is bad. it is a 
it's a beautiful example of rat fucking. Yeah, because that's what, well, that's why it came to mind when you were talking about that, getting letterhead and being like, and and everyone being like, what? Who? Yeah, it wow, doesn't is, make any. This doesn't make any. Everyone's confused and like doesn't and know you whether know why? to be angry. Well, and that's the thing because the payoff doesn't make sense to most people. Like, you know, it's not as if you've smeared a candidate or ruined a career. There's not like a monetary payoff. It's so small and so specific. Yeah. A payoff, you know, like it's like, again, it's like some uh, only a, a hateful sibling could yeah. enjoy it towards another hateful sibling. Or it's like for these guys, maybe it's like a hazing ride. It's like, oh, hey, do the ultimate prank of, of on this I mean, guy. It's, it's just it's so petty. Yeah. It's so petty. Look, I'm not um, proud of it. <laughs> I mean, the fact that you even mentioned it and <laughs> you were a full grown adult while you were doing it is shocking to me. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> it was. <laughs> I'm a prankster. Wow. I'm a prankster. Yeah, I'm like Loki, the god of mischief. <laughs> I'm a trickster. Prankster. What you gonna do? So, oh, yeah. Um, And it was only later. Okay, so we're talking about the letterhead prank. Um, Democrats in Florida had also noted that um, there was a similarity in sabotage incidents, that there was stolen stationery from Humphrey's office, who that was the one that the fake letter had accused of sexual misconduct. They had also stolen some of his stationery and... They had written a letter saying that Representative Shirley Chisholm uh, was mentally unbalanced. Ew. I and I do think it's really strange again because that shows another um, similarity where any certain like bl- black woman of power and influence is automatically kooky or crazy, right? Or it's like they immediately invalidate. Oh yeah, that's the that's the mo for how however many hundred years, you know. Right, but it's I mean just to see the the pattern re- repeats. It's so vividly. Yeah, you know it's. I, it, it's not it's not accidental. No. That's the point. It's like, you know, people always say, oh, well, he just says bad things about everybody. Yeah, and it's, it's just, like, oh, well. it's a coincidence. Um, is it? Because this has been happening for decades. <laughs> well, and plus it's like coincidental in the same way mm-hmm. over and over again, you know? Yeah, the same strategies. It's just like playing on like a different sort of thing that was another thing in that documentary that i watched like five minutes of (laughs) yeah yeah. tell us more (laughs) tell us more professor (laughs) um oh about the rise of packs and the strategy of like the politics of fear being like let's do it here we go like really hammer home like 
what are people scared of? And by people, they mean like white people, you know, cultivating that fear of the other and just elevating racism. Things already born into the blood of this country. Oh, right. Ooh. <laughs> oh, that's in, a hot take. Born into the blood of this country. <laughs> oh, wow. 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 That's that one. That's going to that be one hit my heart. That's going to be in one of my new songs. My acoustics. Oh, yeah. OK. All right. As always, I'm going to do percussion. So watch out for that, guys. We're going to put that on the Facebook page. Oh, OK. Um, and then, so a lot of this was found out uh, during the Watergate trial. And then, like I said, some of this was, I mean, just released yeah. within the past few days. So this is like hot off the presses. Yeah. And what, again, what makes me so crazy, and some of you will recognize this as a uh, pattern of abuse, <laughs> but as these stories were revealed, uh, the people involved denied it and denied it so ferociously. And then come to find out the whole time they did it. Yeah. They knew they did it. They lied straight to your face the whole time. Right. Right. May let the world think you were insane and crazy and making it up, you know? And, there were people, there was, uh, I'll tell you about it, it's coming up, but there, it was a deathbed confession. That that was that oh. was the only time they let it go. The only time. Okay, okay so I'll get there. You better. Um, <laughs> you better. Um, you better. Um, okay, so another one of the tactics. Uh, this was a, a big story around the time. Uh, there was a movie about this. But, <laughs> that was um, the one I just watched on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish it were, Anne, because it would that would have really tied together nicely. What movie? Uh, <laughs> here, wait, 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 wait. If there's an opportunity that I could just talk about presidential dogs... For just like three minutes is, at the end yeah, of the... Yeah, please, please. No, you can go now, Anne. No. No. Okay, so the checker speech was 1952. Nixon... Oh, is that's why you wanted to work in checker the checker speech? Yes, because it's about a dog. Oh, God. And it's a callback to another presidential dog. Roosevelt's dog named Fala. Do you know the okay. breeds? I do. Oh, God. They were different breeds. So an, another one of the plots that was revealed uh, during the Watergate trials is at the time, um, and this is uh, in its own right a huge story, it's a famous story, but Daniel Ellsberg uh, was a military analyst at the time, and he's the one that leaked the Pentagon Papers Okay. The ones that essentially sh- showed that the the government was lying about the Vietnam War to the public. Um, but so Nixon was trying to figure out any way to discredit him, and so they organized 
um, a break into his psychiatrist's office to steal his medical records. That's um, super illegal. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's kind of sick, but it they didn't find anything actionable, so it didn't work. Uh, but the, it, probably it, it didn't the worst, work, like they didn't find enough, and is like fair, like yeah, it's like, okay. right? Yeah, <sighs> I know. That's I, enough I, I, for them, you know. It, I that is a great. I, question. I don't. I don't understand the logic. Because the what the other thing about dirty tricks is that if there isn't anything there, yeah. then you can just manufacture it, yeah. which is something you'll see with the birth certificate. Yeah, uh, the whole birther movement. Yeah, that was and that was awesome. That was another famous dirty trickster, Corsi. I love who that. One. Also, yeah, that one, uh, and he worked with Roger Stone. Uh, on Trump's campaign. So you see people that had lit- like careers in, in, ca- in, in playing dirty tricks in campaigns to get people elected. Yeah. And they all just came together in this cosmic event. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but so this is the one, that, the deathbed confession one. There was a, a possible assassination plot against a newspaper columnist, Jack Anderson. And the reason that he had become a target is that he had exposed classified document, documents that showed that Nixon had sold arms to Pakistan during the 1971 conflict between India and Pakistan. Okay. Um. Which he didn't want people to know about. Uh, really? Okay. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> um, but they, uh, it wasn't until uh, E. Howard Hunt was on his deathbed that he confirmed that there was an actual assassination plot. They denied it until the very end. <sighs> but there was one in the works. God. Oh, here's a, here's a really good one. Um, President Nixon had ordered his aides to compile an enemies list, uh, and that was anybody who was a vocal critic of his policies and anything. Wow, that and then that oh, that's only happened like what? That doesn't sound familiar. That's weird. Well, it's weird because it's <laughs> the only time that's ever happened in history. It's an anomaly. <laughs> That a president would even have people that he considered uh, friendly and or unfriendly towards him. <laughs> right, right. Make a distinction like that. Right, right. When we're talking, like, a malignant narcissist as president? Weird. I mean, I'm just so glad we only let it happen <laughs> the one time we learned our lesson and never let it happen again. And that's how progress works. That's how history works. We make a mistake. We learn from it immediately and we never do it again. So Jesus. uh, Oh God. It's terrifying. Oh, Oh, the enemy list. 
He then uh, made John Dean, who is so funny, oddly funny on Twitter now, but um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> just an aside. Is he? <laughs> yeah, he is. Okay, he is. But he he went to prison for this okay. stuff, but. Um, he's got a, but, he's just kind of got a quirky spin now. <laughs> he's yeah, like, I mean, he's like, yeah, I'm I a, think it. I'm a, a political outlaw. I'm a, I'm well, a white collar I mean, criminal. I think, yeah, well, I think you know it. It could it could either go two ways. You know, you can you can uh, deed it or manafort it. You know, um, but anyway, he had given the list to the head of. The IRS at the time, but to their credit, they did not uh, start investigations into Nixon's enemies like he wanted them to. Instead, the IRS began investigating Nixon, which was very smart. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but um, anyway, so those are some of the dirty tricks. But what was. Uh, uh, released just recently was oh, sorry. Oh, very specifically, what what a little young Roger Stone, <laughs> baby Roger Stone, who, as we know, has a tattoo of Nixon on his back. That's true. Oh, okay. Uh, you, yeah. This is the same guy. Okay, you've talked about that. That is, yeah. Because I was like. How does it compare with the guy from Counting Crows tattoo on his back? I mean, size-wise... Which tattoo would you rather get? Nixon. Rather... Really? Rather... <laughs> um, yes. What's his name? Um, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> the lead singer of Counting Crows. You'd rather get Nixon? Yeah. <laughs> Yes, a, a, a thousand times yes. <laughs> but, I mean, I don't really see there being a right answer. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is. It's Nixon. <laughs> Unless gray is your favorite color. <laughs> yeah, that's not happening. Okay, so... So with the uh, with the document dump, this yeah. is what we found out about our our young hero and champion Roger Stone. Yeah. Um, and this is again, I think Anne, you might appreciate some of this, knowing how petty you you yourself are. <laughs> Jesus. Um, no. I care. I care. <laughs> okay. So he sent 200 Democrats invitations to a non-existent primary <laughs> campaign breakfast. I mean, these are like high school pranks, but at a really dangerous like level. You're going to you're going to like how this builds. I mean, like if this was a Will Ferrell movie, I would be like this is hilarious. Yeah, I mean, just again. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. You're gonna appreciate it. Okay. There's a reason that Adam McKay went on to do, like, he's the guy that uh, directed Anchorman. <laughs> like, he's doing movies about Dick Cheney. That's not accidental. Yeah. Like, there's a there's a there, a relationship. Yeah. There. 
Okay, so fake. Oh, okay, in, next. Invitations to a fake right. breakfast. All right. He also directed Democratic campaign literature intended for the black community <gasps> to be sent to union workers and the literature intended for the union workers to be sent to the black community. Okay. I don't know what the hell that's. So it was essentially that the when the person when they saw that they were trying so hard to woo someone else as well, it's like oh. it 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 bred a resentment within the party. Oh. Do you Yeah. Weird. That's why it's that's why it's called rat fucking. It's small. But it's like there's already sort of like intra party tensions, yeah. but then to see like, wow, they sure are promise promising them the moon and stars. Like what's left over for us, you know? Right. Like so do you think I haven't looked at the pictures of the Rat King pictures? Do you know what I'm talking about? When rats get their, their tails. tails stuck together? Knotted up? Yeah. I wish that we could do that to these guys. And then they get a taste of their own medicine. Okay. <laughs> right? Are you, are you suggesting that all of these trickers were somehow tangled together in a web of their own lives and <laughs> spend the rest of their days fighting to get free of one another. Maybe it's a metaphor. And, I mean, honestly, it, it works for me. <laughs> so, Home uh, run! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty good for me. Um, oh, Stone also saw to it that phone lines used by Democratic primary campaign were tampered with, which resulted in the Democratic failure to contact many potential voters, while others were contacted numerous times. Oh, great. Yeah. I thought God, that was pretty genius. They're so gross. Uh, there's just a few less. Here's another one. Uh, he stone made a phony donation... From the Young Socialist Alliance. <gasps> Ooh! Okay, I did read a... Okay, yeah. Do you, tell me about this. Well, he did it to create and exploit divisions among Democrats. Okay, yeah. It's like, it makes me wonder about, like... Like, there's questionable Twitter people that are like... Yep. Look, it just doesn't matter, you know? Like, uh, just don't even vote because... And they're like... They're like pseudo trying to be liberal, and I'm like, where, what, what are you talking about? Like, I, who are you? What's this account? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. They. I just read something. It, funnily enough, where you know they were like one of the most genius like Russian psyops was that now you think anybody who's left of you is a Russian bot because that that's the thing that they, the bots were on the extremes of both parties because, but especially within the Democrats, because they were trying to divide and conquer us. So 
anytime anybody like comes into a thread and just drops a bomb on it, it's like, are you, why are you doing this? You know, so you can't even, you even doubt that you're like, are we having like an intellectual debate about this? Or are you rat fucking me right now? Yeah. You know? Yeah. But that's why, that's why I, I thought it was so important to see that, that there's actually a history of this so you can recognize it if it's happening to you or if it's like in, in like the news in your campaigns or you're week. seeing it. Yeah. Right. Is that, you, you know, you're not going crazy. Like, don't be gaslit. Like, these are tried and true techniques to honestly, to wear you down, to exhaust you, Uh-oh. to get you to question yourself. But yeah, essentially what we were saying was that, um, you know, these are the, the importance of covering this historically is to show that these are techniques and like once you see behind the curtain, it, it demystifies the process and it doesn't have the power yeah. that it, it, it would if, right. if you didn't know what was, what was behind it. Right. Uh, but where I wanted to end up, it was um, where I wanted to end up was that Roger Stone went on to help with Reagan's campaign in 1980, which we've made allusions to before, mm-hmm. um, as he announced his candidacy in Mississippi, I believe. Yeah, that was a at, at, at a at a place with with no context, historical context. Right. So yeah. No. Right. It was. Totally accidental. Neutral space. Yep. Right. And, uh, but anyway, he went, Roger Stone went on to uh, run to be the chairman of the Young Republicans, because as you'll remember, he was, you know, still a young man. And he wanted to change the Republican Party from the moderate beliefs of Eisenhower and Rockefeller. Okay. and turn it into hardline conservatives. Right. Um, even Stone himself calls this his Aryan phase. <gasps> what? Yeah. Gross. Oh, you're so gross. What the? I mean, seriously, th- that is a good question. What makes an 18 year old go that extreme? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's not your Bob Marley phase. It's your fucking Hitler phase. You freak. Well, and here's yeah, and who goes through that? Gross. Um, I think you would um be surprised to know that his campaign manager at the time was Paul Manafort, who's in the news right now. Right. And I can't remember why. Oh, my God. Shit. Man, that's the big fucking reveal. I know. And he, I, was, he was Trump's campaign manager? Who's on trial. Oh right? God. Yeah. I hate these guys. I can't keep up with them. And the when they say more conservative, I'm really starting to hear more fascist. Uh, well... That's one way to look at it. I mean, that's I don't think they would ever say that publicly. They went on to um, form a lobbying firm. And you've, I think you alluded to this through 
but it was a lobbying firm called Blackstone and Manafort. And that's, that really changed the tenor of politics in Washington because it, Anyway, that's a whole different episode. But okay. yeah, like the super PACs and oh, what you had the, mentioned oh, before. Oh, the dark money where it's yeah, like... Yeah, that... Yeah. Right. So um, that's... And this... I love this story. So um, we covered this before, but Roy Cohn, who we talked about previously uh, in the McCarthy trials... Okay. He was also a lawyer for Donald Trump when mm. the city was suing him for discrimination. And Roy Cohn told him that you never settle um, and you always counterattack and you make them prove it. Whatever whatever accusation anyone levels against, you, you, you make them prove it. And so obviously you can – he's stuck to his guns on that one. Right. And um, – Anyway, so uh, Roger Stone wanted to meet Trump. He goes to Roy Cohn's uh, apartment in New York. Roy Cohn's in a bathrobe. He's talking to one of the biggest uh, gangsters who's under indictment at the time. I was going to say, and and they were waiting on their cocaine delivery. Like, I mean. <laughs> no, they were just talking about his case, but that is where... <laughs> Roger Stone and Donald Trump meet for the first time. Okay. And uh, back in 1980, so that was <sighs> that those are the people responsible for getting Trump elected. Just just a little it's... a little background so you have a better idea. Yeah, this didn't come out of uh you know, a black yeah. hole. Like right. like in outer space. No, it wasn't accidental. It didn't exist in a vacuum. It. Yeah. Um. Did we want to talk about Josh Groban or or Checkers? <laughs> Do you want to talk about Checkers? <laughs> I mean, I could. Yeah, I can talk about Checkers. Okay, look. Here's the story. There's a speech in 1952. Richard Nixon, he's a cute... 1952, this is way before Watergate. He's already being accused of improprieties relating to funds, money, misuse of money. He goes on national TV and he says, um, regardless of what anyone said, okay, he intended to keep the one one gift he got and it was a dog named Checkers and so it's called the Checkers speech because it was like uh, yes you can get gifts and but we'll forgive him he got a dog and it's a it's a black and white cocker spaniel and we love Checkers okay what I didn't know is this was a callback to a speech Roosevelt had gave, it was a dig at Roosevelt. Roosevelt had a fall of speech because Roosevelt had a Scottish Terrier. And this is um, during his – before he was even elected, the Republicans uh, claimed 
that he sent a Navy destroyer to get his dog because he had forgotten his dog on a Navy boat. I don't know. And um, so he says the Republican leaders have not been content with attacks on me or my wife. No, not content with that. Now they include my little dog, Fala. I don't ridiculous. So he goes on talking about how Fala is Scotch, a Scotch Terrier, and it's he's just he talks so wonderfully about his dog. Anyway, and the idea for the Fala speech came from Orson Welles, who was a um, campaigner for Roosevelt. And frozen peas. (laughs) So, listen, I've just linked um, the American Cocker Spaniel, the Scottish Terrier, and Orson Welles. Booyah. I mean, I I don't know if we're ever going to have a finale more powerful than that. Um, But it's interesting. I mean, I'm moved. (laughs) I'm moved. Uh, I'm I'm glad there are so many resources available to people that have twin passions of history and canines. <laughs> um, for this is an aside for the listener. If you love dogs, I do too. There's a lot more tricks um, and treasures. I, <laughs> right. But mostly tricks. <laughs> oh, cheeky, cheeky. Yeah, oh, it's not like it's a sneaky. Brian Eno song. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> this episode has been brought to you by... <laughs> Brian Eno's Nightmares. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, yeah. There's a lot, there's so many dirty tricks to come. I just wanted to introduce the form, you know, show you uh, where the term originated. I bet it's been going on for, I mean, obviously, you can find political cartoons from, you know, 1382. So it's not as, (laughs) yeah. All right. All right. I appreciate it, though. Um, Anyway, but thanks for listening. And, uh, you know, get in touch with us on Gmail, mm-hmm. Acts of Pod Twitter, Acts of Pod Facebook. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, thanks. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. And if you have a Scottish Terrier or a Cocker Spaniel you want to tell us about, you could also email or Twitter us about that. Yeah, please do. We welcome it. Okay. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. As long as they're not named Carl Rove. (laughs) This is my dog, Carl Rove. (laughs)